what is the X factor in your business? Like what if you had, you know, a hundred times more of something, what would it be that would make you win? And and where my mind went to immediately was fully trained, capable people. What are we talking about on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast? We're talking about business, specifically your business. Is it growing or are you stuck? How painful is that growth? Is it running you or are you running it? Are you working in your business or on your business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to grow your damn business. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me today, and a special thanks to Chris Ronzio for jumping on here today. I uh, got a chance to to meet Chris. He's the founder and CEO of Trainual, located here in Tempe, just up the road from where I am. Um, had a chance to check out his office, hear Chris's story, and um, he was a must-have. He's also a, a great partner in the EOS land, so it all fit together nicely. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining the show. What's up, Scott? Thank you for having me. Yes, we were catching Chris at the end of the day. He's He's been on mic all day today, so he's going to give us the energy, give us the boost we need here to get through the finish line. So, so Chris, let's just go back. I really want to go back to the video production company. I would let you tell the story from there, but it was a fantastic story about how that got started. We'll spend some time on Trainual for sure, because I think it's really critical, but I just love to hear that that origin story, if you will, of that business that you started, that first business, because it does get, really go right back to the time you were in school, correct? Totally. Yeah. So yeah. I started my video company when I was 14. Initially, I was not out to start a company. So the cool little twist here is I started school, started high school, and my school had this film club, this little film class. And one of the things you could do is check out cameras and make little productions. And so me and my friend made this kids TV show, this like high school show where we would go around town, we'd interview people. Uh, you know, we'd interview the guy that made the biggest snowman and we'd interview like the sports team that was winning and, and that sort of thing. And because our town, our, our, our little cable access station didn't have a ton of content, what ended up happening is they, they aired our show like 40, 50, 60 times a week. And so the only <laughs> thing on That's this awesome. little public access show was like the town bulletin board and the like town hall meeting. And then our show like and 50 times. That's awesome. And, and so people started recognizing my friend and I in, in the, you know, the uh, grocery store and saying, Hey, could you guys, film my grandpa's anniversary party or like my cousin's wedding and I'll pay you $200. And so that was really how the video business started. And so, so pretty quickly after that, it yeah. was, it was like, we, we went from doing weddings and bar mitzvahs and basically anything people would pay us to, to do, uh, to doing sporting events. Like the school wanted us to do the talent show. They want us to do this big cheerleading tournament, the soccer games. And I saw that games happen over and over. It's like original recurring revenue, you know? So <laughs> games games were like over and over. Yeah. And if we could get into these games and into these sports organizations, then we would have recurring regular clients instead of just a one-time job. Yeah. And so that's really when the business started taking off. And this was through high school, through college. It really built into a pretty substantial business, uh, just, just filming youth sporting events. So what, what what spurred you to get on camera in the first place? You had this little class, but it, was there something that had, had happened along the way? I mean, obviously you were young when you started, but it's like, well, I'll just get in front of the camera because obviously plenty of folks are camera shy, have no interest in doing that. And here you guys are both in front and behind the camera doing this at, at age 14. Was there something you remember that that was kind of that caused this to just come, come out of the blue and say, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this now? 
I don't know. I don't. I guess I wasn't ever afraid of the camera. And yeah. you know, looking back, I remember being a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old, and we did this school project where I got to go to the zoo and interview the zoology people, and and yeah. I always just loved that. I loved doing that. And so when I was starting in this high school class, there was a co-host of this TV show that was graduating, and they needed a new co-host. And so me, as an incoming freshman, I was like, I'll do it. That'll I'll be do cool. It. Yeah. And uh, and it was great because now. You know, all the all all the older girls that were out babysitting and flipping through the channels would see my show, and it made me really cool in high school. So it worked out. Instant move into the cool club right there. Yeah. I'm on, I'm on yeah. TV. I'm on your television. Are you? So you yeah. So you kept this thing going through high school and through college. I remember when you're telling the story, like this actually was 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 running all through college. So let's talk about when you realized, okay, you have this recurring revenue. You mentioned that, but it became a business for the, for the, you started with a part of the two of you, but Wendy's like, okay, I've got a thing here that I've got to do. And I've got to form a, a company and, and all that. Like, when did that hit you? And, and did someone give you some advice to do that and, and help you out with the formation of that business right from the jump? Yeah, it was pretty early in high school. Uh, once we started making real revenue and doing real jobs, we wanted people to write a check to us, you know? So it was like initially just establishing it as a a DBA and then setting up a, an LLC. And then I ended up buying my partner out in high school because he graduated. And so, so then, then the it was just buyout, my... the big, the big t- corporate takeover, right? Yeah, we graduated. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this now. <laughs> yeah. So he, he went off to film school and ended up working for NBC. And, okay. and so I bought him out and, uh, and then set up an S corp. And so I was, you know, just learning about business as yeah. I went And in college, it turned into more of a real thing in college. I started, you know, hiring people, uh, at the other schools because I was in class and I couldn't do jobs. The the jobs were starting to happen multiple times uh, on the same day. And so I needed crews to be able to go out and do the work. And before long, by the end of college, we were doing events all up and down the East Coast. And so I set up my first office in uh, the North Shore of Boston. I hired a few full-time employees to do uh, fulfillment and pr- production management and event coordination. And, uh, and we, we were off to the races. And so it was right around like, you know, my, my junior senior year of college that I was starting to have to make a decision. Like, am I going to go and get a job or is this thing going to become a, a, a real business? And I figured I've got nothing to lose. Like if it doesn't work out, I can always get a job later. And so I went all in on this business, kept growing it, ended up running this company for 12 years. And wow. we we grew to doing events all across the U.S., all 50 states. We had over 300 camera operators, production managers around the country, three offices. And, uh, and, and really what was special about the business is that you could go to any venue in America, any stadium, kind of any arena, any theater. And if our crew was there, they would look and feel and act the same. They'd have they'd be wearing the same outfit. They'd have the same lanyards. They'd have the same production cases with the same foam cutouts and the same gear. They'd have the same instructions on how to save the files. They'd have the you know the same way to tape down their cables. And that became what I was obsessed with: with the process, with the standard operating procedures. How do we make things identical and consistent and give our customers a t- you know top notch experience? Yeah. When you, when you said that when we were we were sitting there uh, having a cocktail after after taking the tour and 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 in your eyes, it was amazing to me that that came. So I've got two questions for you that that happened. One is those first few hires, classmates, or did you actually go outside that as you, as you started building? Right, because the first few hires are always the scary hires. Like okay, now I'm responsible for for somebody else. So tell me about those first few hires. Then I want I want to come back to the process side of things. 
So it depends on what you mean by hire. Like in the, the first few hires were, you know, m- was my girlfriend and my r- college roommates, okay. and you know, and it, but it <laughs> so was classmates, like, right? They're helping you out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But it was yeah. it was like contractor payments, ten ninety nine. Okay. You know that that yep. like I'm bringing these people on, and and it's it's like because I've got you know one weekend I need somebody to sit at the table for four hours, and and then I started hiring you know videographers from the film schools and from the local TV stations and wow. paying them. Uh, you know, whatever their hourly rate was. And so my first full-time employee was not a friend of mine, was not a classmate. Uh, It was somebody that was uh, at a production that I was at with my friends and came up to me and said, you know, I'm going to school for this. I love doing this. Uh, I'd love to work with you someday. And so I had his contact info. And we started talking more and more and realized, like, you know, this is is a go-getter. This is somebody that wants to do it all. And, uh, And so he was... He was, uh, his name's Aaron. He was the first employee that I brought on and, uh, and he, he, uh, he, he ended up taking over the business, but that's, that's, right. uh, that's the <laughs> end of the story. <laughs> different, different story. Yeah. So j- just a, a note here that if you had a kid playing some sort of club sport somewhere in the U S in the early two thousands, right? 2001, 2010, that they probably were on a videotape that, that you had. Do you have an idea how many? I don't know if you logged it in hours or events that you covered. Did you ever go back and actually count up the number of uh, of, of, of tapes that you had actually done? Because it's all VHS tape right at the time, right? And yeah, it was, I don't it, know, it was something like three or 4,000 events. You know, we, wow, we, crazy. we, um, we had this huge, uh, toward the end of the business, we had this huge, uh, you know, like network array kind of storage, RAID storage. We had the e-commerce system that you could buy any of the events from our archives. And then we built, we custom programmed something that connected our e-commerce store to a DVD robot that would print off the DVDs. And so every half hour, the robot would batch off all of the new orders and it would access the image files for those DVDs on our network storage. And it would burn the DVD and it would print the cover and it would do the album art. And then we had people that would just assemble it together and ship it out. So it was it was a <laughs> finely tuned machine. It's, it sounds like it. It sounds like an incredible growth story, a lot, a lot of moving forward. But obviously nothing really happens in that straight line. Were there, pick, I'm sure there were, but pick pick one, two real challenges or, or off ramps or, or something that, that maybe caused you to rethink rework, yeah. redo something to, to allow the growth to continue. Can you do anything? Does anything come to mind that really you hit a ceiling and said, okay, I need to make an adjustment I, and then allow you to move forward from there? Oh, yeah. I mean, the biggest challenges were always the people challenges. You know, yeah. it, we because we we're staffing events, we had a, the complicated task of, you know, figuring out a production, figuring out how many camera operators, how, how, how big of a crew we needed, and then booking everybody to go to that event, booking their travel, whatever. And inevitably... It, there would always be conflicts that would come up that say, you know, oh, you know, I, I can't last minute. I can't do that event. And I find myself driving across state lines in the middle of the mm-hmm. night to try to be the backup camera right. operator, yeah. you know. Yeah. And and um, and it's kind of like any like any entrepreneur, I'm sure, has been there. Something happens and you jump back in to do that role. And so I remember sitting in a workshop, an entrepreneurial workshop, and they were talking about what is the X factor in your business? Like what if you had you know, a hundred times more of something, what would it be that would make you win? And, and where my mind went to immediately was fully trained, capable people. 
if I had fully trained, if I had a database of all people that could work for me and, and, you know, crews and all the different positions that could live slot into any event in every metro area of the United States, that's how I would win. And so that's yeah. what I became laser focused on. Yeah. So let's, let's make that pivot because it really speaks to what you're doing now with, with training. Let's talk about those, those processes, right? This is an area that you said laser focused on and obsessed on there. So where did that come from? I, I I always love this, right? Is that just, is that a natural part of who you are? Like, did you know, like, that's who you were from the beginning or did you just realize that was a must do and I better learn this and learn this quick? So, you know, so sort of nature or nurture there on that, that discipline and the dedication to the consistency in your process. I would say that the organiz the organized nature of it was nature and the realizing that you need processes and roles and responsibilities and an operations manual, that was all nurture. You okay. know, so so like I'm very organized by nature. And as I was building this business, anytime something was chaotic, I'd think, oh, let me make a document about this. Let me put it in the three ring binder. Let me update the, you know, the the PDF that I send people when they start working for me because I, I was neurotic about like wanting all that <laughs> stuff together. Yeah. But over time, you know, I'd, I'd read books like the E-Myth Revisited and like Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, you know, start to see that if you put systems in place, if you can package things up and, and you know, deliver them repeatedly, that's how you scale a business. And yeah. so I'd say it was definitely a combo of, of nature and nurture. Yeah. So the question that I, that I have that comes with that, can you think of one thing that you obsessed over so much that actually was a, was a catalyst to moving forward in that space? So we're talking in general about having it be, be repeatable. Um, but was there one part of the business that you said, if I get this nailed, and we, you mentioned a little bit about having people, but if I get this thing nailed in terms of our production, that's going to be a difference maker from others that could be in this space. My mind goes two places here. So first, roles and responsibilities, because yep. you know having having your like accountability chart, whatever you call it, having yep. a really dialed in who does what is a, a a recipe for how you're going to scale the business. And in our early days, we had one person that would just do everything, but I knew that I couldn't find those unicorn people that could do everything. Yeah. And so I had to start packaging up, well, what does this really narrow role look like? You know, what does an audio engineer do? What does a production manager do? What does a sales rep do? What does a videographer do? And as I built those different unique roles, it opened up my aperture of how many people I could find to yeah. fill those roles. And so roles and responsibilities uh, was, was a, a massive thing. And then the second thing that was kind of a, a linchpin for our growth was realizing at the core, what are our customers buying? What is the job that we're doing for our customers? And what I realized is that people weren't coming to us to put together some crazy high entertainment value thing that they're going to sit down and watch in their living room with their family. They're coming to us because we were the best avenue to capture this important memory from something that happened with their kid's life. And all they wanted at the end of the day was the highest quality HD kind of footage in the quickest amount of time so that they could show their friends. And so we went from in the early days when we put all of this energy into editing and animations and explosions and cool fonts and P Diddy music and, you know, like <laughs> we're, we're like really maxed out production yeah. to in the later days when all we did was sell high def files on a flash drive or for download online. Yeah. Just 
but let me see my kid. Let me have this because I didn't want to spend the time filming. I was watching it, but let's remember this event, yes. this thing, right? That that was exactly. that, that's the thing. Amazing, amazing. Chris, I, I didn't ask you. Have you ever taken the the assessment, the visionary versus integrator assessment that is offered through Rocket Fuel? Because it, it seems like an odd mix, right? You have this, right? You're a visionary, right? You've created companies. You're, we're going to talk about the company that you're you're leading now that you've created, but you're also executing the heck out of it. It feels like we're in unicorn land here, where you you're got to be you're strong on both. Have you ever taken it? I know. No, I, I, I haven't taken the specific survey, but I, right. I would, I do identify with both. Yeah. Um, and we'll fast forward there, I'm sure. But in my, in my video company, uh, I was, I was both the visionary and, and the integrator in my, uh, consulting company, which is the next business. I was absolutely the integrator the majority of the time. And yeah. in starting Trainual, I was the integrator that has now evolved back into the visionary. <laughs> so it's, it's been this journey for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. So, you, you sold the business. Let's talk a little bit about the consulting business, right? You, now you have this underneath your, you know, underneath your belt, so to speak, right? This successful venture, learned a ton of stuff. How did it apply to the consulting company? Then let's talk about what has now become the, the business that, that you're down training you. But what was that consulting company? What was the genesis of that idea? And, and taking to that next step, building that next business. Yeah. So there were three unique things about my video company that I, you know, got that decade of experience plus in. First was process, which we already talked about, repeatable standard operating procedures. Um, yep. The next piece was that I had a remote team. You know, like I was living here in Arizona and I didn't have an office in Arizona. I didn't have any employees in Arizona. My people yeah. and my offices were elsewhere, but I was here with my my wife and uh, and we were just enjoying life. And so the fact that I was running the business remotely was unique. And then the fact that technology changed every three to six months in the video world for 12 years really like baked that into my DNA that you've got sure. to constantly be innovating. And so when I sold my business and I started consulting, I was positioning myself to as an entrepreneur for hire. To, so I, I, I had other, other uh, you know, friends, other entrepreneur friends. And I said, hey, how about I come just spend a half day a week in your office or a day a week in your office? And, you know, if, if, I, if I'm in there long enough, I, I promise I'll, I'll get things done. I'll fix things, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and the idea that they could, you know, they can't clone themselves as an entrepreneur. Yeah. But, if, but they could find another entrepreneur that's just going to, like, move around and polish things and make things better. Like, that was really enticing. And so at the beginning, I didn't have any sort of recipe for what I was doing. It was just like, let me, let me learn how to do this. Yeah. Um, so I really quick cobbled together a, a replacement income from, from my old salary. And, and then I started refining what is it that I'm doing client after client, engagement after engagement. And it really came down to, I, I need to learn their business as quickly as possible. I need to understand all the knowledge of their business, who does what, how they do things, their workflows, their problems, their opportunities. And then I need to help them uh, fix all the, identify and fix the things that are broken. And then I need to put together the instruction manual for how their yeah. business is supposed to run and the, retrain the manual, right? their people, <laughs> yeah. right? So, yeah. so I created these prod, these engagements that were doing exactly that, where I would come in, I'd learn your business, I'd go deep in your business, I'd interview all of your people, and then I had these templates I'd fill out for roles and responsibilities, and for your org or accountability charts, and for your, you know, the the history of your company and your core values and your handbook and your your SOPs. Yeah. And all of that became this like repeatable package that I was delivering yeah. company after company. And a few years into doing that, I had delivered maybe one too many Dropbox folders and started thinking like, there's got to be a uh, my own IP. Like I need some something right. of mine to grow this business. Yeah. 
And that's where we're going next. So yeah, so you're you're doing this over and over again. You found something. I just along the way, obviously, you're very familiar with EOS and and are really a, a great partner for us in that space. Um, when did you find that? Because obviously, the terminology that you use and the things are yeah, you know, what what we talk about, right? It's it's the accountability chart and making sure that you understand your seats and the and the roles, the the yeah. responsibilities that are there, right? And having your core processes well defined and make sure that they're consistent in scale. So. That language is there. Did, did you find traction along the way? Because um, it obviously there's a ton of overlap with with the, the things that you're talking about that you, and you realize that you were doing. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, I remember seeing Gino for the first time, like uh, his website, when he was the only implementer and yeah. thinking like, okay. hey, this guy's a competitor. You know, <laughs> like he's out there consulting. I'm out here yep. consulting. Like I felt like I had a conflicting vision. And so yeah. I saw Gino at that time as like a pure competition like right. and as it turned out we're building very different things and yeah. and now it's cool to work together but uh but but yeah when i when i saw that i i saw these terms i had terms of my own for everything you know sure. like i yeah. i had my own uh my my own processes i had my own worksheets i had my own frameworks for how i was doing what i was doing and it went so far as i started hiring other uh or like certifying other consultants to do my process but yeah. at the time I had Trainual as this little proprietary thing. And the way that I started training other consultants to scale my consulting business was via Trainual. And as I'm doing this, it was kind of like, you know, experiences converging and thinking, wow, maybe maybe the software is the thing that I should be working on. And and uh, so I pivoted into that. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's funny that you say that because I think anyone that's, that's led a company or, or led a, a large operation for a company, right? There are things that you know that you need to do, that you need to be, have them repeat, and you can call them what you want. And obviously, we're using some EOS terms here, and, and, but you, you call them what you want. But the important thing is that you stick to them and you have the discipline to continue. And I think that is where, when, I, when I'm talking to entrepreneurs and, and other business leaders, I find like, okay, what is, the, what is your level of discipline? So if we're going to show you something, teach you something like... I, are you ready to stick with it? What does that look like in your organization? Do you have the accountability to follow up on that? That's where, where things fall down. So that's what we say that tools are simple. You already know the tools more likely before we even introduce them, but do you have the discipline, the accountability to stay the, stay the course? Um, yeah, so critical. Absolutely. And, that's, and that's where training comes in. So let's talk about this because what, what you provide now and what you um, offer up for organizations takes this experience that you've had throughout your life, throughout your career, and now does it in a much better way for companies really helps them organize all the things you're talking about. So I'll give you the platform here, but let's just talk about, you had this proprietary software, now you're in the software business. So what's Trainual? What's it all about? How does it apply to companies today? So as the name suggests, Trainual is a training manual, but it's kind of 50-50. Half of it is about the information, the knowledge in your business, and half of it is about the training experience of teaching that to other people. And so you need to teach people how your business works when you're getting new people up to speed, when new people come into the business, but then you're constantly navigating with change management when roles and responsibilities change, when you roll out new products, when you have turnover and people leave and new people come in. Um, your business is always kind of fluctuating. And so you need a place to manage the training and retraining of your best practices. And so the way our system works is pretty simple. We put everything into four buckets. So <laughs> first is your profile of your company, which is, you know, everything from like your your mission and your vision and your purpose and your like where you're going, your core values. Uh, but then the history, like the stories of your company, the key milestones that people need to be aware of. If you've got decision-making filters or things like that. It's everything people would need to know about your customer. Who's your core person? 
persona you're you know that you serve what industry yeah. or market are you in what geography right. are you in what are your prices and your products your services so all that's in one bucket then you've got your people, which is like your directory of people, all their contact information, their roles, their responsibilities, their teams, their departments, their locations, uh, their bios and backgrounds of those people. Then you've got your policies, which is like your handbook, your rules, your benefits, your cultural norms, all the things you decide in the business. And finally, your processes, the stuff you need followed by all, role by role, department by department, every single SOP in the business. And so all the knowledge in the company falls into those buckets. And what we do is help you gather that, help you organize it, and then help you package it together for your new and existing people so that they have a constant reference guide, something that they can search through if they need an answer, something that they could uh, that you can assign to new people, and then something that constantly reflects the expectation between employer and employee. What do I do here? What's expected of me? I can only imagine when you first, uh, when your team is first working with a company, what they find, because just having worked for a variety of companies in, in my career, like that stuff is all over the place, right? Oh. It's one system for this, one system for that. I'm sure you find this all the time where it's, you you created four buckets, one is probably in seven different systems, 10, whatever the number is, right? It's all, right? This is the phone books over here, but the story's here, or that's, yeah, it's tribal we knowledge. We share, it we share this with a story, yeah. right? We, <laughs> I'm sure, sure these are, um, have you, found, was there any, I put you on the spot here a little bit, but is is there? If you want, I don't want to name the company's fine, but did you just find one company that's like so out of whack with this stuff all over the place, and they sort of grown beyond this, <laughs> and it was gone. Now they, you're laughing, so maybe one does was come to mind was like, wow, they just needed to get their. I mean, I just training was getting your arms around your business, right? So you, everything is in the right spots. Kind of way I'm visioning it there is is that it just wraps everything up, and you got one one stop shop. Like just go here, go into this system, and get what you need. Exactly. Exactly. I had a friend text me this week. He just accepted a job with a pro sports team and I won't name names. I won't say who it is, Yeah. but he's texting me like, this is a disaster. They need trainual. <laughs> like we got to get you in here. And so yeah. I, I think that is more the norm. I think, sure. you know, we're so busy running our businesses that if you don't have the expertise in house to do this, if, if you're not hardwired to be maybe OCD, like I am about your processes and your knowledge, then, you know, you're, you're not going to put the time and energy into this because this is not the burning fire in the business. But I can right. tell you that big businesses don't get big unless they put the time and energy into doing this work. You need to have this organized, scalable foundation in order to grow. Well, and that uh, the one thing you hit on that really resonated with me, and it talks about, yeah, okay, I'm going to capture my processes, and you know, that's you know, it's not now it's an online SOP, but it's really that that history that you're talking about and what what's allowed for that, because that actually allows you to attract the right people. So going back to what you said earlier, is, is finding the the people there. If you have a nice story to tell, and folks can see, this is the history. This is the this is what we're about as an organization. Here's our values. Here's what we care about. Here's the purpose for the business that we're in, and the niche that we operate in. You're starting to share that. Well, now you're attracting people, right? You you've got that all at the fingertips of every employee. They can become walking, talking billboards for getting that next round of people. And which which is the number one concern of every company looking to grow. How do I find good people to do this? Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. And so, so and that's something we pride ourselves a lot on here. You know, we put obviously a ton of attention into our own onboarding and orientation. Sure. We, yeah. we offer, uh, even offer people money to quit after their first few weeks. It's something that I think I heard Zappos doing that first, but, um, you yeah. know, if, if you're, 
onboarding process is so good at explaining transparently how your business works, why wouldn't you give someone an off-ramp after they've been through it when they know this is or this isn't for me? Because yeah. if you don't, then you know months, years later, you've put all of this faith and knowledge into this person and then they leave, it's a lot more painful. And so we try to suss that out very quickly. And uh, and yet our, our uh, culture as a result has been phenomenal. Yeah, no, no. How, how can it not be, right? And, and then you... Because we, we talk about quite a bit when we talk about strengthening the vision component within EOS, the, the first thing is you got to have one. So <laughs> where are you going yeah, yeah. and how are you going to get there? But more importantly, and secondly, once you have it, does everyone know what it is? Are you sharing it with everyone, right? So shared by all, doing it on a quarterly basis where you're re revisiting it. Now you've got a place to go to and it's inherent, right? You're going to have all the oars in the water going in the same direction because mm. it's all in that, that one spot. So it right. allows for a company to do that. And I think it's why... This partnership between what what you what you built and how this fits in so nicely with what we try to do when we're having a company run on EOS and having a place where they can capture all that's going on in the organization in one spot. And you don't have to go to five systems if I'm a new employee. I just log in here to my account and I and I and I walk through what's in there. Absolutely, absolutely. Where, so where where taking Trainual next? It's always interesting to me. You've you've got it to where you are now. Obviously, growing a, yet another business. You know, where does where do you see it going? How's it going to evolve? Um, yeah, the next year, three years, what's what's happening down the line for you? Yeah, so Trainual, I guess we didn't talk much about present day, but we have yeah. you know hundreds of thousands of people and and using it in every country in the world that we're legally allowed to have customers in. Uh, we we have uh, <laughs> we have you know we've been working a lot on the AI technology because yeah. you know, it's really just turbocharging uh, all of our businesses. And with when it comes to knowledge and process and and uh, and policies and and the information in your company, uh, even just in the last few quarters, it's really leveled up the game in terms of like anything that you put into our system now. You can just ask it a question about your business. And if you have the rights, if you have the permissions as an employee to know that information because the company said you have access to it, it'll just tell you the answer. And so yeah. what what I see Trainual becoming is almost like your longest tenured, smartest employee. You know, it's yeah. it's like that person that that you can't imagine not having in your business. That's what the the brains of your business is. And that's what we're pursuing. Love that vision and, and it makes perfect sense, right? Because obviously one of the challenges I'm sure that you hear objections are from, from a potential clients, well, okay, now I got to find someone to take the time to put all of this information in the system and that, that upper, but as, as I, as the technology arrives, it's going to automatically input, right? It's going to, you're going to, you'd be able to use AI to, to allow that to happen. And then as things change, as you said, right, every few months, something's changing. It's, I, I'm sure you're going to get to the place where it's just going to go right to the source and change that source to reflect where you are today. Correct. Is that where you're? Yeah. Company. Yeah. No, yeah. Ex exactly. Fantastic. It's a, Fantastic. it's, it's less about sitting down and creating your processes. They already exist in your business. It's more about yep. collecting them and making sure that they're accessible all in one place. And that's what we're doing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Chris, thank you very much. You've been generous with your time and I appreciate your taking all that time here before we let you go and let you tell you where they can, folks can find you and a uh, little more about training. Let's go through our five fast questions, if you will. Uh, so, uh, first up, we always like to find out what is your favorite sports team or athlete? Oh, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Woo! Suns. I gotta, I gotta say it's the Phoenix <laughs> Suns. Big NBA fan. Nice, nice, nice. And 
adopted, right? Because you grew up in Massachusetts, right? Yes, so, yes. adopted. So, yeah, and, yeah. and I was not a, a sports fan for like the first eight years I lived in Arizona. I just wasn't interested. I was too busy with my business. When I had kids, I wanted something fun to start doing with my boys. And yeah. so when my oldest turned four years old or so, I started taking him to the Suns games as just a fun father and, yeah. uh, and son thing. And we ended up buying season tickets. Now the whole awesome. family's crazy. Awesome. Beautiful. Beautiful. What would you eat for your last meal? Hmm. Um. Probably like a like a bag of Reese's Pieces because I have a dairy <laughs> allergy, and that's the thing okay. I want most from childhood. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, some some folks will give me this. That's like you do it's just the last thing you'll ever eat. You can just go wherever you want to go with it, right? All those things that you don't do right now, it's there for you. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite vacation spot or a dream vacation spot, place that, that maybe you'd like to get to at some point, Tyre? My favorite has got to be, ooh, it's a it's a toss-up between Vancouver, British Columbia, and <laughs> Florence, Italy. Nothing wrong with either one. You can have that toss-up, right? You can have that toss-up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite movie that you like to rewatch or a streaming show that has uh, just caught your attention? I've been watching Suits recently with my wife, and I just love how fast it moves. I think it's, that, it's amazing how it's caught fire again. It's an older show, right? It's just kind of made its kind of second life going. I know. We So my wife and I happened to be in London for the Queen's passing, which was kind of crazy. And yeah. so we got to see the procession and everything. And so she she got obsessed with Meghan Markle because she drove by us. And so I think that's why we're watching it. But I'm enjoying it. <laughs> got that connection. Got that connection. And Chris, do you have a favorite quote or piece of advice? Something you always come back to whenever you're, you're faced with a tough decision or just something you can kind of rely on that always has, has stuck with you? Yeah. So one of my favorite artists, a recording artist, is uh, this guy, Andrew McMahon. He's kind of like an indie artist. And he he wrote in this one song, there's this line that's, uh, I want to build a life, but I want to live there too. And that always sticks with me that, you know, we work hard as entrepreneurs. There's a lot we want to create to make the world better, to make our families better, to give us more opportunity, uh, and more resources. But if all you do is work and you don't enjoy it, then what are we doing this all for? So I, I uh, often think about that. It's just it's just great advice. And what you're doing with training, what we try to do with the OS is try to give some entrepreneurs some of that time back, that precious time that uh, that they lose when, when they're doing, going crazy trying to build something. So uh, fantastic. Chris, thank you very much for, for being here. How do folks find you? Where were they? Where can they learn more about Trainual? Well, they can learn more about Chris. Uh, how do they find you? Yeah, so Trainual is easy. Just Trainual.com if you want to check out the software. And actually, I got a gift for your listeners too. If anyone's listening to this and wants to try the software, enter the code GYDB20, GYDB20, and you'll get 20% off your first year. Uh, so that's that's for the company. For me, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram mostly. So if you just look for me, Chris Ronzio, I'd love to hear from you. DM me and tell me about your business. Chris, thanks. Very generous offer as well. Thanks. Appreciate that. And uh, thank you for coming on the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast. It's been my pleasure to have you on here. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Scott. Okay. Have a great one. The Grow Your Damn Business Podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich at eosworldwide.com or check out his website at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott hyphen Goodrich. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. We will see you next week. 
on the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast.